0: It's rough. <laughs> Is that
1: like the face of the
2: franchise?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Face, yeah. Mm.
1: Not a fan of it. I'm sorry.
2: I, I got up to where. They did a lot of time on it, Now, I got up to where I I graduated high school, I think. And um, I, I think yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, sports yeah. game. Or I got through college, maybe. And you had to choose whether you were switching positions. And I never I, I switched positions and never played a single game. <laughs> I just, I just don't care enough. <laughs> but I like Madden. We had a league in Madden. We had a, well, we had a bunch. Kenny and I yeah. do leagues pretty frequently in Madden. We did we like play
1: a season or two, and after the second season, we're like, all right, let's start over and just have different teams, and we'll just play. Like, we had like eight or nine, in the and the last, like the last time we played. We have so many. It's gross. So well, that
0: mean, that I, mean, got my, uh, I got fancy football leagues and things like that that you know I'm in, and um, I was in like an elimination league this year, which was interesting. That was a what's, different what's, take. For me. What's an elimination league? That sounds fantastic. Um, so instead of it being a traditional league, you um, you had to pick um, a, a team every single week of the season, and um, if that team lost, then you were out for the rest of the season. Like you're done. Whoa, um, what the heck? But, but the thing was you, once you picked a team one time, you couldn't, never, you could never pick them again for the rest of the season. So you had to be really strategic about, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't just, you know, but take the, the, um, the chiefs at the beginning of the season and say, well, you know, I'll just stay with them the whole time. Mm. Um, you, you wanted to try and save some, some teams for later on. Um, I believe that the Titans were the team that took me out of the league. They, it was one of the weeks that I thought they would win and they, they, they didn't get it done. And, <laughs> um, but you know, it was, it was fun. It was an interesting way of playing that I'd that not tried before. So intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad is such a hater, Gina.
1: Yeah, he's different. He's different. Bad Bunny's going to beat the Miz today, and we're going to realize how good Bad Bunny
2: actually is. But here's the thing, though, and we'll get into this once we start in, in just a second to let people filter in. The thing is, like, he can't lose. There's there's no reason that they bring him in to lose at WrestleMania. He has to win because it just. That it happened to Goldberg twice. When you look at that. Like, and that's the thing that bothers me because I want to just sit back and enjoy, but I understand that it's a business and it operates on storyline. So what is the best thing for the storyline? The best thing for the storyline is not Bad Bunny showing up at WrestleMania and losing. It's him showing up and winning. And it's going to push Damien T, oh. who they just got up from NXT and they like a lot. So He's right. good. Is
1: that a- Okay. And anybody can be in the WWE, bro.
2: I mean, you had a match. And I'm pretty sure it was at WrestleMania. You had uh Floyd Mayweather against. Uh, yeah, and he Big- had
1: no problem with that because Floyd Mayweather is favorite person ever. Like,
2: <laughs> <to play. laughs>
1: I tell you what. Well,
0: you know, you have something like WrestleMania <laughs> 11. You have uh, you have Bigelow and uh, Lawrence Taylor. You know, put on a, a, a very nice match. However. You know, to that point, I would say that Bam Bam Bigelow was a much better worker than the Miz is ever going to be. Um, so he could sort of help Taylor along to to get to that match. Um, his greatness is yeah. everywhere.
2: NFL and, and going to
0: uh, WWE. WWE's <laughs> Um, But yeah, no, I, I'm. I would say I, I'm. I'm concerned that the Bad Bunny match nice. is probably going to be the second worst match on the card um, over the next two nights. Um, yeah, I, I have very low expectations for the in-ring product there. But, you know, second, second behind, I, like, I get it. You know, he's an international superstar and and they love having a, a celebrity in a match. I mean, like, it makes sense. So you
2: said you said second worst. So what is your opinion on the worst
0: worst before? We're going to oh, get
2: I mean, we're going to get there, but I want to I'm interested.
0: Oh, I think that Shane McMahon um, uh, Braun Strowman matches is just going to be awful. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be awful.
2: Do you, how do you feel about the the Sami Zayn and Logan Paul and Kevin Owens thing? I mean, they they those two historically have had great matches together. They work well together, but the addition of Logan Paul, I just I I
0: don't understand it, and it's just uh, he's added to this. He's he's there.
1: He's oh my to- god!
0: He's like a special guest of Sami Zayn at the event. Um,
1: I don't like I mean, Sami Zayn. I'm a, I'm gonna not go. I don't like him.
0: And yeah, this is this is one of those areas where I feel like I, I show my age a little bit because Logan Paul is one of those people who, other than the fact that he he knocked out uh, Nate Robinson, oh really uh, didn't know who Logan Paul was. That was um, Jake.
1: Jake knocked out uh, Nate Robinson.
0: Oh, Logan Paul, no. uh, KSI. You're right. You're right. Either one of them are interesting. Is really all that you need. I don't to care.
1: Know. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you know, I mean, I like I I understood that he he was famous on YouTube and that you know. That was that was a big deal, but I, I mean, I really knew nothing about the guy. Um, clearly, I didn't know less about the guy than I thought I did. Um, but uh, but you know, so I mean, his his inclusion to me was I mean, it was neither here nor there. You know, I mean, to me, it's Kevin Owens and it's Sami Zayn, and they fought a thousand times in a hundred different locations. Yeah, and I, they're they're not going to allow themselves to have a bad match in a million different promotions. So well, they they're, yeah. they're everywhere. I mean, you know, I I think they could do it with their eyes closed and their hands tied behind their backs and still have a pretty
2: decent I mean, They probably haven't done that blindfolded, uh, one hand tied behind their back match. It's been a while since we've seen one of those, although there definitely have been numerous of them, so it's, nothing is a surprise anymore, really. The blindfold match may be my least favorite match in all of wrestling. <laughs> I, I think that is, for me, second to the one, like, they do it at Christmas a lot. The one where they have the stuff hanging up the side of the – Nice. The blindfold or something involved in that match too. It's just the really, really super
0: gimmicky matches really bother me. Mm. Yeah, they always yeah, do they, they always do for, for you know your your Christmases and your Halloween's and Thanksgivings, they always try to do like the we're gonna set up a bunch of a junk around the ring and yeah, yeah, yeah. They toss into a punch bowl and have a pumpkin stuck on their head and all sorts of other ridiculous garbage.
2: Pretty much. That's pretty. That's
0: the best description I've heard of it probably ever. <laughs> I mean, they, they're they the kinds of matches where I feel like there are sometimes when I'm watching wrestling where I have to say to myself, I would be really embarrassed if someone who had never seen wrestling walked in in this moment and they thought this represented everything about what I'm watching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that That's one of those moments for me where I'm like, please, please do not let anyone see me watching this right now. Let them walk in on another part of this. I feel that. And I I
2: just recently, so I, I don't watch consistently enough. Sometimes if I get really bored, I'll turn on the, the review, like the, I'll watch raw the night after on Hulu or something that I don't really watch the week to week consistently, but I do watch all the pay-per-views. And so my fiance and I recently, she's been watching with me because I have it on. So she's, and she's there. So she might as well just watch it. And so we'll we'll be watching stuff, and she's like, "Okay, what's this? Who's this? What's going to happen?" And she's like, "Who do you want? Who, who do you think is going to win?" And I always have to think, "This is who I want to win." Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I'm so in tune with the fact that this is a business and a storyline. I can probably predict the ending of almost any match because of the story and what it's going to do for the story. Unfortunately, I wish I could change things. Of course, for a lot of different superstars, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, you know, you I mean. Know.
0: There, there's not a lot. I mean, I, I, I will certainly admit there are times when you know you get swerved and and they do something you don't expect. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, like like you say, I've listen. I've, I've been watching wrestling for oh god, how long has it been now? Uh, 20, almost thirty years. Um, so you know, I mean, I, there's not a lot that I haven't seen at this point. I mean, I you know, I, I can kind of. I know the beats of the song. Right, right. I know where the music is going mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but I'm, I'm still interested in, you know, <clears throat> I'm still interested in seeing a great performance. Yeah. Um, so you, know, you, you stick around and you watch anyway. But um, yeah, I, I, I can count on, a, you know, a couple of hands how many times I've really been surprised in wrestling. I can tell you the biggest surprise for me, but we're going to save it for the show,
2: which is starting right now. Uh, welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Afro-Latinos. This is your co-host, Aubyn.
1: And Chandler. <laughs> that
2: was the most lackadaisical that it's ever been, Janie. That was great. It was really, <laughs> it was really great. Uh, we are so excited for this episode of Afro-Latinos. Today, we have a very special guest with us on the show to talk about the wonderful, crazies, at times, uh, world of professional wrestling. Today is all about the WWE and the history and the present of, of the, the franchise and of the company. Uh, we are joined today by Dr. Lowry Woodall, a former professor of mine who has agreed so graciously to be on the show. Uh, Lowry, how are you? I'm great. and I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me so much. I'm very excited. There was a... I remember... The backstory for how Dr. Lowry and I met: I was a student on my freshman year, which feels like forever ago at Millersville, and uh, he was my professor in public speaking. And I don't even remember why I was in your office that day because it probably it was probably a requirement. I don't know because it, I felt pretty confident in my my speech writing abilities that I didn't feel like probably I would have needed to go. But I don't know, so I don't know why I was there. But by happenstance, I ended up in your office and saw the posters and things around the room and just got really excited. And the inner nerd and wrestling nerd and fan came out in me. I was like, Oh my gosh, there's stuff on the walls that's wrestling related. And then we spent a, a good number of time in that office that day talking about wrestling and everything that you, that you've known. And so it is just amazing that you're here and your name came into my mind and sent you the email and you're here. So I'm super excited for this episode. Yeah. No, uh,
0: and I, I remember that day. I like you, I, I would be lying if I said, I remembered exactly why you had come in. Um, but I do remember, we, you know, we had a conversation about um, pro wrestling and, and uh, specifically about um, the possibility of creating a, a pro wrestling club on campus. And although that particular um you know, idea did not, did not come to fruition on that day. Um, you know, I, I was, I'm so always excited to talk to anyone else um, about the business. You know, anytime I, I find someone else who, um, who watches and, and is, is interested in it um, you know, you, you kind of gravitate gravitate towards those people because it's like, right. Oh, you know, we share this incredible thing that, that um, you know, so many people that you meet, uh, you know, you, you just don't, I'll put it like this: You don't run into a lot of people in higher education like so you, fans. There are some, but you don't run into a lot. Yeah.
2: So tell the uh, tell the audience kind of who you are and where you come from and, and your introduction into the wrestling world, if you will, and then that's how we'll start the
0: show. So go right ahead and tell them <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. So um, I'm, an, I'm an associate professor over at Millersville University. I teach um, in the media arts production program over there. So I teach a lot of production classes in both radio and television. Um, I also do a lot of classes that have to do with uh, communication theory. Um, I've taught some specialty classes that have to do with um, um, things like food and culture in communication. Um Um, sex, love, and relationships and communication. I taught a professional wrestling class um, and and tied that into communication theory. Um, I I have a a bachelor's degree from Sam Houston State University. I have a master's and a PhD from the University of Southern Mississippi. Um, I am currently writing a book called Grappling with Diversity um, that looks at issues of race, gender, ethnicity, uh, and, and their role and in terms of their representation in professional wrestling. And I am the current treasurer of the Professional Wrestling Studies Association, which is a group of scholars from all across the the world um, that dedicate ourselves to the study of professional wrestling as an art form.
2: I got to tell you, there's nothing, we talked a little bit about this this pre-show, but there's nothing that excites me more than talking about diversity issues and all that those entail. And I, I hate reading. Um, this is a book that I am so interested in and will definitely be purchasing once it's out. So please keep me updated so that I can purchase and read that because that will be first on my, my bookshelf that is rather empty. Actually my bookshelves right now hold my shoes because
0: that's how much I don't like reading. (laughs) You can, you can see behind me what I use my bookshelves for. Um, uh, I'll I'll try to do an audio version of the book for you. So yeah, I, I, you know, I've been studying race and representation um, and, and, otherness um in media for most of my career. Um my my dissertation was on the representation of race in superhero comics. And um I wrote a book along with a, a, a um, colleague of mine um that looked at um representations of race and ethnicity in the Joss Whedon verse. Um I you know, my feelings on Joss have, have changed tremendously um, over the years because of some of the things that have come out about him, but I didn't know that when I was writing the book. <laughs> um, but, you know, it looked at you know, issues of representation and things like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and Firefly and Dollhouse, things like that.
2: <clears throat> that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So while we're on the topic of wrestling, because that's what this whole show is about, what do you remember as being... For introduction, <laughs> introduction to the world of professional wrestling.
0: Yeah, sure. So I, I absolutely remember exactly when I was introduced to pro wrestling. Um, it was November of 1990. I had gone to my aunt's house um, for Thanksgiving, and my uncle uh, was there, and I, I forget where my my you know mom had gone, but. Uh, I believe that they, they kind of left me in the, the the care of my uncle for a little while, and he just needed something to uh, sort of occupy my time. Uh, and he had he had illegally recorded the 1990 Survivor Series off of pay-per-view. And so he was like, hey, listen, kid, here's this thing. I think you're going to really like it. Um, let me put this on for you. And didn't really explain to me what wrestling was or, you know, um, what to expect from it. He just kind of put it on and... Um, You know, it was one of those things. um, I I feel like I was just hooked um, immediately. uh, Full disclosure, the 1990 Survivor Series is one of the worst shows uh, (laughs) of all time. I do not recommend it to you, but (laughs) at eight years old, I thought it was great. Um, And uh, and yeah, you know, so Chris Benoit, sorry, no, not Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho. Big difference there said in an interview once when he talked about why people like pro wrestling, he said, it's the sort of thing where if you get it, no explanation is necessary. And if you don't, no explanation is ever going to be good enough. Mm. That's really how I felt when I watched that was um, when I was watching that first show was, you know, I, I, it just sort of all the, all the light switches went off. You know, I, I just immediately felt like I understand this. I get where it's coming from. The characters are interesting. Um, I feel connected to it. And um, and I was off and running, you know, and and I haven't missed anything since. I've been watching since November of 1990. Wow.
2: Cheney. what about you? Do you remember the first time you were ever introduced to? I know for me growing up, I feel like wrestling was always really big in my grandparents house. Well, in my my dad's family side, that is in. I seem to remember a story that my dad told me, and I don't know if it's true. I might be making it up or maybe he was making it up. But I feel like his mom at one point was super into wrestling, too, when they were growing up in the Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant era. And she the story in my head is my either my grandmother or my father was at the the match where Andre the Giant was body slammed the very first time. And so it was always on TV. I always remember watching it and practicing all the moves, even though there's an explicit instruction never to do this stuff at home. Um, you know, the first thing you do with your cousins when you're around, you know, we're choke slamming each other. We're, we're trying to figure out if we can hit Triple H's pedigree. We, You know, we're trying to do everything that we can that we're not supposed to be doing. Uh, and we had a great time. And, um, you know, we were always allowed to fight until the rule was the first one to cry gets a whooping. And unfortunately... I was the youngest of the three cousins, and I was the. We're all born in the same year, but I was the youngest and the smallest, and so I was always the first one to cry, and always the first one to get a whooping. <laughs> so it was just easier to not get into the wrestling, but it yeah, it never stopped me. So I, I've been watching for a long time. Cheney, yourself? Uh,
1: I don't think I remember like when. I started liking it. <clears throat> I just remember growing up playing, like, all the WWE games and just knowing that I liked it. Like, I I remember knowing that I liked it when I was, like, six, I think-ish. But, yeah, that's it. I don't remember, like, oh, like, I like that. You know, I didn't, I don't know if I grew up really watching it. Because, like, I, I kinda did, like, WrestleManias and all, you know, like, the big events where, like, I definitely watched and sometimes, like, Smackdown, uh and like raw during the week, you know, like right before I went to bed or something. Like as soon as it was over, it's like, all right, now it's time for you to go to bed. So I was like, all right.
2: I remember so. those <clears throat> there are matches and instances in my memory that I remember that stood out as like points when I was watching cons- watching the show where such a bad storyline. Do you remember the, the storyline where Vince McMahon blew up in the car bomb. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was—I remember watching that episode and being like, legitimately distraught because I was still young and didn't understand that it was—it was all production. And I was like, "Oh my god, not Vince McMahon!" And then to see him like two weeks later was like, "Oh, so that was <laughs> you know, that was poorly timed." Um, and Dude. I remember the first pay per view I ever watched, which I was pretty—I was actually. I think I was in high school. I the first pay-per-view I ever watched was the WrestleMania where the Undertaker lost the streak, which for me was the worst thing to have ever seen because the Undertaker. I never thought that they would do that. And it really it served nothing, I feel like, in my personal opinion, because I hate Brock Lesnar. I hate the part-timing aspect of um, a lot of these legends and things that come back and then just show up and win a championship and have it just for two episodes or they, you know, they wrestle for a month and then they're gone for six years and then they come back. That part-timing aspect really bothers me. And so I was like, Brock Lesnar, he's never going to stick around forever. So why, why lose the streak now? And then for him to lose to Roman Reigns again, it was just like, that was the one thing that everyone had to look forward to. And I was so disappointed I remember the first house show that I went. It was actually while I was at Millersville. Um, the first house show I went, my, my parents had bought me tickets to a SmackDown recording in uh, at the Hershey Giant Center. And I remember going, and I remember the, the feeling of being in there was super cool. And then to realize that I was not going to hear absolutely anything except the actual sounds of the, the match happening was really, really disappointing. I'm like, wait, I can't hear all the fun commentary. And then I realized <laughs> this stuff is just for TV. It's not for anyone else because it's the same thing that happens at like a like at a football game. The first time I went to a football game, I was like, I want to hear the stuff that they're talking about. That stuff interests me while I'm watching. I, this is takes all the fun out of it for me. But so there's little moments in time that I can remember. But it's always been something that I've always enjoyed, and definitely played the video games. I don't think I've missed <laughs>
3: since
2: I have have been able to buy my own games. I remember SmackDown versus Raw. Here Comes the Pain, you know, uh featuring ECW. I think that was two thousand nine. All these games that stand out. I remember playing on the PlayStation One. Uh what was that one? Um, I think Raw is War. Is that the name of the game? I think I had that for the PlayStation One. So I've been I've been around the world of wrestling for a long time, but uh I just rem there's certain matches and things that stand out in, in memory as things that drew me in and
0: really connected to uh to the story. So so there's a with regard to, um, you know, the, the thing where Vince was supposed to get blown up in the car, a um, couple of interesting things there. So Paul London, if you go back and watch the the video of Vince walk, doing that long walk down mm-hmm. the, the you know backstage area before he gets in the vehicle, Paul London actually got fired that night because everyone was told, you know, you're supposed to line up and you're supposed to have these really somber looks on your face because something's wrong with Vince and no one can quite figure out what it is. That's the storyline. And Paul London is smiling in the video as Vince walks by him and he saw it in the playback. And he was like, bring me this guy. He's fired. Um, So that's why Paul London doesn't work for the WWE anymore. Um, But it, it was also really interesting because, you know, that was supposed to be the, that was supposed to be the way they wrote Vince off of TV. Vince was getting older and he didn't want to be on TV anymore. He wasn't really in the place where he could physically wrestle consistently. Um, and so that they thought, you know, this is a, a really. What have you. Uh, and then Chris Benoit um, had the That's murder like, suicide only a few weeks later, which is why Vince had to come back on the air, um, which completely screwed up this yeah. angle that yeah. they had. I mean, they, they built that angle over several months. It wasn't just like you turned on raw one night and Hey, Vince is acting squirrely and he, he blows up in the car. Yeah. That was like months and months of build that they had done. Um, and so, you know, it, it pales in comparison ultimately to the, the much greater tragedy of course right. of, of, of Benoit, but um it, yeah, you know, from a wrestling history standpoint, it's it's kind of um, interesting to look back on it and say, you know, I want, what where would where might they have gone with this yeah. angle had it not been for the fact that this horrible event happened, and then Vince had to completely, you know, drop kayfabe altogether and just be like, look, a horrible thing happened. Um, you know, we're never going <laughs> to mention this man again on yeah. television for as long as we live. Yeah, that's
2: it. And that, I, I remember that. And I, and I thought that's what, I didn't want to be wrong, but I thought that's why the storyline ended the way that it did. And that, that to this day, I still am so shocked that that happened and all that that entailed. I really, I enjoyed him as a wrestler. And, um, but yeah, it was sad. Yeah, Benoit
0: was excellent as a wrestler. I mean, it's, um, who watched him his entire career practically, um, you know, because I, I was a fan of him mm-hmm. as an in ring competitor. I mean, I, I thought he was, was great. And, um, it was, it was shocking and, and devastating, yep. you know, when, when that happened, um, I was in grad school back when, when that occurred. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, there was just nothing about, who he was as a person, what you knew publicly anyway of who he was as a person that would have prepared you for it. Um, so it, it, I mean, I, I remember it really just completely throwing me um, and, you know, it, this is, uh, you know, I, I was used to the idea that wrestlers died young. I was used to the idea that, that um, wrestlers often had skeletons in their closets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is a whole different, a whole different level of yeah. that than what you were used to well, moving on from a tragic uh, circumstance, because that, yeah,
2: that, let's <laughs> let's go talk about something a little bit happier. So, <laughs> in your time, and this is a question for everyone who's here, um, what is or who rather is your superstar that you just loved? What is your favorite superstar? It can be a tag team, any type of. Uh, it can be a faction. Um, or a stable, any, anything like that, but who is your guy or, or girl, um, in the WWE, in the history of Hmm. more like myself, I am drawn to the high flying, uh, super acrobatic people over the powerhouses. Um, and so in your opinions, you know, who, what are you drawn to in a superstar? What interests you most about a superstar's abilities and who is your favorite's or are or, or your
0: favorites in history? Hmm. Uh, Chandler, you want to go first?
1: <laughs> you can go ahead since you're the guest.
0: You know? oh, okay, I, I, I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough question to answer, right? Um, in terms of what attracts me to, to a particular performer, um, you know, I mean, I, I would say um, I, I like someone who understands the psychology of what they're doing in the ring who I want, I like someone whose actions are um, intentional to the storytelling of the moment. It's not just that you're a great wrestler. It's not just that you're technically great, but that everything you do from the minute you step into the ring is designed to help further tell that story uh, as you go along. And I also really appreciate it when someone is not just, uh Oh, there we go. We're back. I think um, I like it when someone's not just good um, in the ring, but also that they are able to make the person they're in the ring with better because mm-hmm. they're with them. Um, that to me is a sign of someone who's, who's really excellent at this. You know, I mean, um, you know, in 1990s, Shawn Michaels, I don't I don't care who you put him in the ring with. Um, he was going to get a good match out of them. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he might, they might not like the way that he did it. They, you know, he, he was not a nice human being at the time, um, but he was going to drag a good match out of you, whether you knew you had it in you or not. Um, you know, 1980s Ric Flair, very much the, the same way. Um, it was, awesome. you know, it was just something that he was able to do. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, there's supposedly there is, theres Footage somewhere of Ric Flair having a match against Gante, who was he would go on to be um, Giant Gonzalez in the WWE. If you've never seen a Giant Gonzalez match, um, imagine that you dressed an eight-foot broom up in wrestling gear the <laughs> and then put it in the middle of the ring. Um, that that was essentially his level of, of talent.
3: Um, so, apparently,
0: a super nice guy. I mean, you know, I, I've gear was trash. I yeah, I've I, never just, heard anything bad about him as a person. Um on Tuesdays, on, on
2: Tuesdays we had a we have a show that's a trivia show. And um Tuesday's night trivia was all about wrestling and the question was who is the, the um tallest WWE superstar in history and had never seen or heard of giant Gonzalez before and uh I I showed him the picture. It it and every time I look at it I'm just like what what were you what were you thinking? And I said his body must have been one of the worst who have ever stepped in the foot of a ring. Because for them to cover him in that bodysuit with the hair in super random places, the fur, it just nothing about the character and the, the outfit made sense. I just didn't get it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it was uh it's it's some of the worst ring gear I've ever seen in my life. It's <laughs> it, it's atrocious. Um, I would rather see well, the Boogeyman, which I who I actually liked a lot, but but I gotta tell you, honestly, if you've seen Elegante work. Um, the ring gear is better than his work, um, so you know it 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 goes up in quality based on how no. terrible his actual work was. Um, but supposedly Flair got like a three star match out of him, you know, like he 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 pushed into a three star match somehow, which I imagine is just you know Elegante stands in the middle of the ring and Flair bounces around like a pinball. Um, for him. you know, you like you're gonna hit me and I'm gonna fly. I'm yeah. just gonna fly around and you just stand there. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean I, I like guys who can who can um, make the people they're in the ring with better because they're in Question. I apologize. That's all right. Um, so
2: who in so you mentioned nineteen ninety Shawn Michaels, nineteen eighties Rick Flair. Are there any current Superstars that you're drawn to that fit that mold, um,
0: guys who who I think make people better by being there with them. I think Johnny Gargano um, really makes everybody he wrestles better. Um, he's he's fantastic. Um, I don't think that Roman makes people better by being in there with him, but I do think that Roman as a heel is one of the best characters that that they have right now. I mean, I, Funny, I, I think think. Doing incredible work as a heel um you know, yeah daniel daniel brian is is fantastic i mean daniel can make anybody look good i've heard good things about dolph
2: ziggler how do you uh, that he is a really hard worker and, and ends up being pretty decent matches uh, pretty much against anyone he, he's up against um
1: He's the best overseller I've
2: ever seen in my life. Oh, he's oh. definitely great at overselling. I mean, he he overs he oversells just about as well as as Vince McMahon did to the Stunner, um,
1: <laughs> and The Rock with every every time he gets stunned.
2: Yeah, the most hilarious videos of my life, and I just enjoy watching them because if you watch like Kevin Owens who right now is doing the Stunner. Don't know why they switched his uh, power bomb, his pop up power bomb, but you know he's doing the stunner now, and you don't see people selling like that. There's something about that stone cold stunner man that just took him I out. Mean, I, just-
0: <laughs> I yeah, you know, I think I think Dolph is a I think Dolph is a really good uh, a really good worker. Um, I, I feel bad kind of for, for Dolph in his career because I feel like he he missed. There was a window of time where Dolph could have become a legitimate main eventer, and they almost pulled the trigger on that. Um, and at this point in his career, I mean, it, it's just clear that's never going to happen. So, yeah. you know, he he's he's going to make it through the rest of his career, only ever having been uh, an upper mid card guy, um, you know, and, and I don't think that's entirely fair to him. I, I don't think he deserves that. But um, I don't I also don't think that Dolph Ziggler is one of the all time great wrestlers that's out there. You know, I mean, I, I think Dolph Ziggler to me almost suffers from being too big of a fan of what he's doing. Um, When I watch a lot of his matches, I see him emulating other people who came before him and and it almost becomes, it's kind of to me like watching a tribute band, you know, like they, they they play the hits of these other great wrestlers really, really well, but does he know who he is? Does Mm he, does he know what his own unique identity outside of those people is? And, and, you know, I'm not convinced that he, I'm not convinced that he ever fully um, developed that, that personality or at least articulated it as well as he could have to the audience. Um, A lot of very, very good matches. He's had a perfectly good career. Um, You know, I just, that's, that's where it ends for me. Right. You know, if there was a hall of the really good, he would be in it, but (laughs) Well, I
2: don't, he, he will probably end up in the Hall of Fame because it seems like all you had to do in, to be in the oh, Hall really. of Fame is just be there uh, to have been present at some point in time and to have won anything, at least four matches in your career. And you probably making the, the pro wrestling Hall of Fame because it just seems like everyone is able to make it in. I, there, there are not a lot of people who I look at and say, oh, yeah, you're, you know, definitely I would consider you a Hall of Fame caliber superstar. Um, you know, they're the obvious, the iron cheeks. You know, Batista is inducted. Was he inducted this year?
0: He was supposed to, I think. I believe he was supposed to be, but I, I don't. But he, was not, he was not featured in the yeah. um, the you know, uh, Hall of Fame ceremony they just did. Um, I think that part of what that was was that he was supposed to keep his, his mouth shut about the fact that he was being inducted until they announced it. Announced. He announced it. He, he let the, the cat out of the bag a little early and then they got frustrated with him about that. So I don't know if maybe that means we see him next year in the Hall of Fame instead yeah. or, or what the, the fallout there is. Um, but yeah, you know, look, I mean, the WWE Hall of Fame is um, it, it's not exactly like the NFL Hall of Fame yeah. or it's really meant to represent the very best of the best. It it, it serves much more political purposes for them, cool. you know, <laughs> So it's hard for me to get too upset with the Hall of Fame for the WWE because I, I have to recognize what they're trying to achieve with it and, and kind of accept it for what it is. Um, there are definitely people in there that I would not put in the Hall of Fame. Um, but, you know, I I kind of had to just let it roll off my back because
3: it
0: is what it is. But is, is Doink in the Hall of Fame? I don't remember if Doink is in there or not. I don't. Think that Doink is in there, but I mean, there are, there are plenty of people in the Hall of Fame who, you know, I mean, look, it it, it becomes questionable, right? Um, um, <clears throat> there, there are a lot of guys in there who are are good, but maybe not great. And you yeah, have the whole celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame, which is a, a completely other issue in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think they do a good job with their legacy. Uh, picks, you know, they usually they bring in some really good legacy members to the Hall of Fame, but um, you know, you gotta think if if they're gonna put you in the Hall of Fame, there are a couple of things they they'd really like to have. They'd like you to be alive, first of all, so you can actually go there and accept the award. So that's gonna take a lot of people out of contention. Yes, uh, and then they're you know they're trying to meet certain um, certain things. You know, they they want to try to always have like a headliner. They like to try to have like a, a sub main event person. <laughs> They like to maybe have a tag team in there every year or a faction. So, you know, when you start putting all these qualifications on it, above and beyond talent, it, certain people are going to get eliminated. Um, You know, you you can't get everybody in there that you'd like to. Um, And of course, you know, I mean, some people aren't in there just because Vince doesn't personally like them. I mean, Demolition is not in the Hall of Fame because they are, they are in the middle of litigation with the WWE, which is, which is a tragedy, right? You know, I mean, are they a great tag team? Yeah, they were a great tag team. They should be in there, but they're not going to be. Yeah. yeah. Or you get like this year,
2: there's definitely a political reason why the great Kali was inducted because certainly over his short career in WWE, there are really nothing he did that stands out as, you know, incredible work to be put in the hall of fame. But there's, you know, there's, there's criteria, like you said, that have to be met and, certain boxes that they need to check for you know
0: so that's yeah well, they, they, I mean they listen the WWE has been trying to crack um India as a, yeah. a territory for a long time because you know I mean that's, for that's Mahal a for and, them yeah. mm-hmm. um you know you think about the number of people that are that live in that country that that are potential viewers you know potential yeah. fans um universe members um you know that that's a huge deal for them and um certainly they they hoped that Kali would become a big enough superstar that he would really break that country for them. I don't believe he really worked to the level that they were hoping he would. But I mean, he is a Kali is a legitimate star in India. Like he's, yeah. he's a big, big deal there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's, he's in the hall of fame largely because they, they are still trying to capitalize as much as they can on, yeah. on pushing forward into these new territories, you know? Yeah. Chaney, what about you? The, the question back to uh,
2: your favorites. I, I know who your favorite, I think I know who your favorite favorite is, um, but who are some of your favorites that you're drawn to in WWE history? Uh, well,
1: first of all, there's a bunch of names in the Hall of Fame that I've never seen in my <laughs> life.
2: But... <laughs> I was just let
1: Edge. Redditor Superstar is probably one of my favorites. Probably... Top one, um, Randy Orton. He's like crazy, but I, mean, I think I think that's why I like him, just because kind of like that villainy vibe. And yeah, I like villains. Um, let's see, Rey Mysterio, because he's a flyer, and I really like flyers too. That's why I kind of like uh, Ricochet from from this year. I, that he I did love. Him. And he's so underrated, and I feel like WWE just does him so wrong for no reason. Like, so he can do it, way it, much it, than that, like way better
2: crazy because and it's it's a something that you see a lot outside of Rey mysterio you don't really see an eddie guerrero who was a superstar up until his untimely death like you, you have to do things really spectacular as a a smaller wrestler for vince to give you that push he it is clear who he pushes the type of wrestler that is superstar material in his eyes um, and it's unfortunate that people who have just unworldly ability or otherworldly ability, like a Ricochet, who does some stuff I've never seen before, um, that he doesn't get more pushes. I mean, he, he won the United States Championship, but even that was a short reign. You know, And maybe he doesn't have great mic work or mic work, or maybe there's something behind the scenes that we don't see. But you know, it's, it's a lot of those wrestlers like that, you know, that we enjoy watching, even like a Neville or like an Evan Bourne. You know, they could do really great things in the ring, or really flashy, cool things in the ring, but they were never really going to be pushed as a main event superstar. In my opinion, probably because of the size is, is the way that I look at it.
1: I mean, yeah. They, yeah, they gotta be like really good because Rey Mysterio is like what 57 seven-ish?
2: Very small. But
1: it's Rey Mysterio, so you know, he's done great things. Jeff Hardy's one of my favorites also, and he's done crazy things. Uh and he also got speared by – or, yeah, he did get speared by Edge, which is one of my favorite moments. One of my favorite
2: matches in history. That's a, a great match.
0: It, um, I, I I will say I met uh, – so I met Ricochet in – I think it was in Philadelphia. Um, he was at a wrestling convention. Before he signed with the WWE, um, he had just, you know, been in Japan and some other doing, doing, that doing one. Worked uh it's the 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 one that Tommy Dreamer puts on every year the mm-hmm. house party uh event he puts on every year um and and i you know i honestly felt bad for the guy when he was at that event because i mean you yeah, know they have a ton of people there they probably had 20 or 30 wrestlers at that but um i mean there was nobody at at, at the guy's table i mean like nobody it was him and his girlfriend sitting at his table and, you know, I mean, I went over and talked to him because I had, I had seen, you know, videos of some of the work he'd done in Japan. And I said, look, you know, I mean, dude, you are, you're otherworldly, you know, I mean, you are an insane talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I look forward to the day that you eventually do get to the WWE and I can see you every week because, like, you deserve to be there. Um, and, you know, he was a super nice guy, but I mean, I just... I feel like he he had a pretty good run in NXT and um and you know Vince just doesn't know what to do with him. I mean he he doesn't know what to do with somebody that's that size that can do those sorts of things. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just out of his wheelhouse. It, yeah.
1: They're a smart company. I feel like they can figure out what to do with him. That they just need to give him the the respect that he deserves. He's way too good for to just be like.
2: I think that a lot of that will change once Vince really starts to, to loosen his control. I know that Triple H has a lot of control and NXT was his baby. And we can clearly see how great of a production and a promotion that is. And that company, that portion of the WWE puts on great matches. But it's like once they get to the main roster where Triple H has a little bit less control... You know, it, you can clearly see the disconnect because in NXT, there's a lot of guys, even like the VOD villains who flopped once they reached the, the main stage. You know, they were huge in NXT. And, you know, uh, Big E had a great run in NXT. Even people like um, Fandango and Tyler Breeze, who were fantastic and loved by everyone at NXT, once they reached the main roster, Unless they're you know really really spectacular and just blow him away, it's just not going to happen.
1: The storyline that they gave him to is like, like, especially Fandango when he came in. I hated him. Like, I despised him. Well, that Everything was he did, it was so stupid. I hated it. He and he
2: did his job because that's what he was supposed
1: exactly. to. Exactly. So yeah. So I guess in a way, you know, he he did he did his job and he did it well. And <laughs> if we were supposed to hate him, we,
2: he did it well. Yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah. And I, now he has like what? He's like has a partner and they're like a duo. I mean, Tyler Breeze
2: are like,
0: a duo in there. Stupid. And, you know, to your to your point, I mean, there are a lot of guys and and women, you know, um, who are in NXT that couldn't couldn't make the jump to the main roster. But they are choosing not to go because they've seen what's happened to a long time. Um, as have quite frankly, most of the other members of um, you know the undisputed era.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But Adam Cole didn't want to be on the main roster. Why would you? Why would he? You know? um, he is you know he's he's the new version of Shawn Michaels in NXT. Why is he going to go be uh, some you know some also ran on SmackDown? Um, you know that that doesn't serve him. Um, Maybe so like,
2: like an Eel Shirai or like a, a Mia Yim, and a, um, I can't think of her name. She just she just won Eel Shirai for the championship this week. Um, Rodriguez, what's her name? Oh, oh yeah, no, I know, I know you're talking about. These yeah. <laughs> to me are way more interesting characters and and better performing. Like I personally, I can't stand Charlotte Flair. I hate the character. I'm not a big fan of her work. I, I she, she obviously is pushed because of her talent. She has incredible talent, of course, but the name carries so much weight and the, the storylines they put her in are just bad. I, I'm just, she doesn't interest me. And, but you know, that she's always going to get pushed over a, you know, a Mia Yim or someone like that who I think is exceptional. Even, even like an Asuka, I'm not, ai like her. I'm not a huge fan of Asuka. Um, but you know she's she's you know, she'll probably lose at WrestleMania. But you know I I don't know. There's a lot of superstars that will never really get the the um, reaction that they deserve and the push that they deserve because they just I don't know they don't check the enough
0: boxes for Vince. I was uh, I was deeply disturbed by the Retribution faction and what they did with Mia Yim and with Dominic Dijakovic. Quite frankly, um. Yeah, because both of those, I mean, I realize there are other people in the faction too, but those two in particular, um, I thought they had incredible star potential coming out of NXT. I mean, Mia Yim, she could easily be one of the top women in WWE if they had just brought her in doing exactly what
3: she's been doing,
0: you know. Um, And Dominic Dijakovic, I mean, look, you know, good looking guy. Uh, really, really big guy. I mean, you know, super tall guy that I think could have gotten over. Um, and he had, you know, he had a great program with uh, Keith Lee when they were in NXT together. Um, I thought oh. Lee really pushed oh, him on the a star. Um, and then he comes in and they they shave his head and they put a mask on him. And I'm just like, you know, what what the hell the is this? The retribution angle is really,
2: they're just trying to, to garner the success of, of the Nexus. Which was the best they're ever going to get. They're never, no matter how many times they try and recreate the Nexus in that invasion, because they tried to do the same thing with SmackDown. Um, with um, I think Wade Barrett was in charge. Was it Wade Barrett was the Nexus originally? And then yeah, he was the Original. First, he was the original had captain. one on, on SmackDown. What yeah. So was Wade, Wade was the
0: original captain. He and like he joined up, or whatever. There was the there was Nexus, and then there was the core that the came. Core, out. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) Black, black, going around and stuff for absolutely no reason was so stupid, and and I like Mustafa Ali, I think he's an incredible talent, and they're wasting his career. Again, another superstar who has all this talent, and they're just they don't know what to do with him, and it's unfortunate because they're just ruining. And even with the um the disbandment. Nice. Uh, I do. I keep cutting out. You know, yeah, they're, they're little bits and pieces that are cutting out. I'm so trying to think of the name of the group. Um, Bobby Lashley MVP. Uh, Hurt business. The Hurt business breaking them up two weeks before WrestleMania. There's no reason for that. There's just absolutely no reason to do something like that. They just they get something that succeeds and then they seem to they seem move to every time. Every time. It's unfortunate.
1: You know, someone who just who gained my respect, um, in the first WrestleMania back during uh, the lockdown, um, Drew McIntyre, he got my respect. Uh, and that. Grown from I hated him and Three Man Band, it was he. It was that I hated Three Man Band. It was so. Oh my god! And he, and he gave my respect a lot.
2: He was supposed to be the next big thing, the chosen one by Vince. At least that was the storyline when he was first in WWE. But again, even though you know he was destined for whatever, he was still too small, really, to be a main event superstar. He goes to TNA, he bulks up, and then when he comes yeah, back, big as hell. he's a brand new person and has this charisma. And even when he's a heel, you, know, you were supposed to hate him then when he was a heel at the beginning, but... But... Certainly did wonders for him, but Lowry looks like he wants to say something that he doesn't like
0: about Drew McIntyre. So go ahead, right ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I I I liked uh I like Drew a lot. Um you know, I mean I sure I, I think Drew has been um I think he's been very honest about the trajectory of his career. He he understands um why things went south for him in the WWE, that he he sort of, you know, just he stopped caring, you know, I mean, he, he, he got beat down. Um, they, they gave him bad stuff to do and, and he, he let it get to him. Um, but, you know, I mean, the time he spent in TNA um, really revitalized him. Um, showed Everybody, I think that he could be a main event star. And I mean, look, you know, I, I, I think he's doing really good work. Um, you can tell how much he's improved um, in terms of his, his mic work and his character work and, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, in the ring, like he's just, you know, he's putting on good quality matches. Um, yeah, I thought the matches that he had in NXT with, um, with Andrade were really good. I was, I was very impressed by those. Um, and I'm quite frankly, PS, I am very sad to see Andrade leave the WWE, but I understand why he did it. Agreed.
2: That, that was another, another talent gone that, probably had a lot more growth in him and, you know, a, a push that probably they needed to make a better Alberto Del Rio than Alberto Del Rio ever was. Um, and a better human being than Alberto Del, well, Del Rio. There's a lot of that too. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, that's very true. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of guys like that. Some of my favorites, like Cheney said, Ray Mysterio, um, Jeff Hardy has always been one of my favorites um, I remember watching his documentary when the WWE network first came out and getting to watch that just gave me new appreciation for him. Sad that he's carried all these demons, demons. so long. He's he's a, a I love watching him do what he does, even he does a lot of it still now in his older age, and I still appreciate you for who he is and what he's done. Um, Rey Mysterio, who else? Shawn Michaels has always been one of my favorites. Um, although we just talked about this on on Tuesday night. I I think these superstars with, with finishers that you have to wait for, they make me laugh a lot. It's just like switching music. You know, that super kick is fantastic and everyone always, you know, that's a great move. Funniest thing in the world to me is watching him stand in the corner and do that little stomping thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, if you hear that, you know, what's coming. Just don't get up. Right, <laughs>
0: like you the have to show. just pull in disbelief for a moment yeah. and get into yeah, the yeah. internal logic of wrestling. Yeah, it's, yeah,
2: it's so funny. Like the Big Show when he had the knockout punch, or Roman Reigns when he first had the Superman punch, and he would get it locked and loaded like that. That stuff cracks me up, and it's so stupid and takes me immediately out of the moment of what is greatness. But it's just like, like, come on, just don't get up. You know it's coming. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but those are some of my favorites. um I, I really liked sting for a long time, not the yellow and blue sting, but when he went to the the black and white I, I really liked sting for a long time. Um, I'm not this is probably really and I it's probably really a bad thing to say.
0: Oh my God. It always happens at the most dramatic moments. I,
2: know. I, know. <laughs> I, 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 I gotta fix this Wi-Fi. I gotta check it out after after the show's over. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of of watching like Randy Savage and uh the ultimate warrior and, and those guys. It just their matches, and I get it. What you know, the characters and all their greatness and the mic work was super incredible, but just not a big fan of watching the matches so there's not a ton about the wwf and early wrestling that intrigues me uh in the the golden era i suppose is what they consider that time period It's not a, not a ton that that impresses me but i guess i still appreciate what they've done for the world of wrestling because certainly we wouldn't be where we are without the likes of them and those eras those early eras of wrestling post like San martino era um you know they they ushered in these new characters and this new life to wrestling but i just I don't know. It's just not—they're not exciting enough for me. It says it right
3: there. It's a fight.
0: The man with three A's. Um. <laughs> we have a Matt oh, yeah. Hardy on your hands. Is what we have there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was a a lot of that was a lot of good good conversation. I like that. So let's move on to some interesting. Um we're going to call this. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game of one got to go. Okay? So in this game, you know, I'm going to give you a couple different options and you have to choose which one you would be the most okay with getting rid of. Uh and when we get rid of them, that includes all storylines and anything that they've ever done in the world of wrestling. Um and the first one that I want to use is from the tag team division. I got three choices. One got to go. All right. The first one is the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, or the Dudley Boys.
1: One got to go, you said?
2: One got to go. The Hardy Boys, the Dudleys, or Edge and Christian. And this includes all of their work in the WWE
0: that they've done. This, I mean, that's that's a tough one because, I mean, their their careers are so inter- interconnected, right? That's very true. Um, I mean, no matter who you get rid of here, you're getting rid of all their ladder matches, mm-hmm. uh, basically. Well, not all of them, but most of them. Um, I mean, so for me, I mean, if I had to get rid of one of them, I suppose I would get rid of the Hardy Boys only because... Um I mean I can't I can't get rid of the Dudleys because I feel like the Dudleys are one of the best tag teams of all time so they're automatically safe to me. And I can't get rid of Edge and Christian because I mean it, Edge's solo career alone is so good that I I can't I can't get rid of that. So even though it would pain me deeply um to to miss out on the Hardy boys and you know the the great solo runs that both Matt and Jeff have had. I mean, you know gun to my head, I, I, I'd go Hardy Boys. Tranny?
2: um, Let's see. I think we're going to be the same on this answer, Just
1: Shut your mouth. Imagine. Um, so, because I'm so young, you know, uh,
3: sorry, I, knew you I,
1: I, you know, experienced Edge and Christian. I experienced the Hardy Boys. I know for a fact that the Dudley Boys are good not like them but I would say I didn't like watch them growing up or anything so I don't have anything like with you know
2: so I would say the Dudley boys got very good. And and, and agree I'm not I was young enough to see all of them in their primes and and to watch the greatness that each of them brought but for me it hurts so much to try and get rid of like the Hardy Boys for me are like my favorite tag team ever. And and to getting rid of them would, would I couldn't do it. I just I can't bring myself to do it. Um and because of the success, like you said, of Edge and Christian in not only their tag team competition, but in their singles careers, also, I feel like because the Dudley Boys really didn't have that great of a push, either Bubba or Devon, as a singles competitor. You lose their tag matches, but you don't lose as much from singles competition as you do the others. I mean, Edge and his incredible run, even now. You have Christian, who you know, he had his one world heavyweight championship. That that was his final thing, but he had some interesting storylines. You know, there were some good times there. Um, and the, missing out on those matches, did I cut it out again? Just, a little just,
1: bit, but we
2: got it. We get that, you know. <laughs> yeah. The rivalry that like Edge had with Matt Hardy and the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian, I feel like that in itself was so. They're all three tied together so intricately. Happened there with the real life drama, even outside of the storyline drama. You know, there's a lot of stuff that happens with Lita. You know, all that stuff that you can't get rid of that because they're produced some of the greatest storylines and. And rivalries that we've seen. So for me, because it's primarily only the tag success that you would be losing for the Dudley Boys, I think I would have to. I, as much as it pains me, you know, brother Devon and 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 brother 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 Bubba, was that what they called him? Um, I I love them both, but the, the Dudley Boys got to go for me. All right. The next. Oh, uh, now we're all. Too are we back? I choose that one. Oh, we're not. You didn't start yet. Stupid. Okay. All right, the next one. Uh, this next. What is the next one? Oh, yeah. The the four horsewomen women of WWE. Who would be Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch? One gotta go from the four of them.
0: Okay, so hold on, because I, I only got part of that. So I, I heard Sasha's in there. I heard Becky's in there. Who are my other two? Bailey and Charlotte. Charlotte's way.
1: Okay. I already yeah. know, I go ahead.
2: so That's another tough And the only reason I didn't say the, the, the four horsemen is because I I wasn't, and I know Chaney probably doesn't even know who's in the four horsemen, um, and so I didn't say them because they're too old for – for chaining to have been remembered their greatness. Um well, so I didn't version of them you take, right? I mean like who
1: the four for Horstman?
2: The original, the original original was Arn Anderson. Uh oh, no. um you,
0: you got can stop Arn. right there.
1: It's okay. I don't know him. So yeah, you, you, you got, right got
0: Arn, you got Rick, you got Tully, and you, yeah. you got yeah. uh, uh you got Ollie. Um but, you know, I mean, if I could take any of the Four Horsemen, I mean, there there are various versions of the Four Horsemen, one which included Paul Roma, and he was terrible, and I would happily get rid of Paul Roma. Um, but uh, the world would not be a worse place without him being the Four Horsemen or, or what have you. Um, this one's tough, though. You know, I mean, I, I love all four uh, of these women. I mean, they, they've been fantastic. Um, uh, you know, I, I really love Bailey. I think Bailey's been incredibly underrated in both her her uh baby and her uh heel work. Um so I, I can't get rid of her. I mean Becky Lynch turned a huge corner and and you know became a, a superstar. I'm not I, I can't get rid of oh, her. Man. Um I, I know I know you mentioned that you you personally don't don't care much for, for Charlotte. I mean I, I have a I have a softer spot in my heart for Charlotte. I, I think she's done a lot of great work um, and not to say that I don't really love Sasha as well. I do. But, you know, if if I have to get rid of one of the four of them, I'm probably getting rid of Sasha. Tragic.
1: Tragic.
0: <laughs> tragic, and tragic.
1: I like Sasha. So, I mean, I don't really think she's done much.
2: She hasn't been pushed a whole lot, although she is the champion now, which is, I think was a great time to pull her away from Bailey. So I love that for her. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, and I – you know, props to Becky. I, I really like Becky. I think she's really good at what she does. Um and I also have I don't know why, but like Charlotte, like I like Charlotte and I think she's like, you know and the thing that she has against her dad and it's like, you know, let her do her, you know what I'm saying? Just uh um I don't know. I think I would say Bailey. I didn't I just not a fan of Bailey. I'm sure she's done great work and you know, she's doing her thing, but when she was uh the champion, right, it's just
2: did she can go? That's tough. I, I think I think making Bailey a heel was the greatest thing that the WWE ever could have done for her because I don't think she would have been pushed as the the baby face as and she would not have had as much success as a baby face. But her heel work was great. Although yeah. I question why they left, she's not on the WrestleMania card either night. So yeah, I, I don't know what, what's going on there. If she's like the only woman on the current roster that is not featured tonight. I mean, they're putting Tamina in a match who really is super disappointing. Um, and her father, before I found out about all of his, you know, skeletons in his closet, was one of my favorite wrestlers. I remember um it was Legends of Wrestling, I think was the game that it was a Playstation two game and I Jimmy Superfly Snooker was always who I gravitated towards. You know, sad for what what's happened in his in his lifetime, but um. Yeah, when you've got a Tamina at WrestleMania and not Bailey, there's got to be something
0: going on behind the scenes that I'm missing. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm wondering if maybe they've got some sort of you know special like situation they're gonna do with her where maybe she she does like a run in or something that's gonna be really important somehow. But it it does seem it it seems antithetical to to have someone who's been that big a part of the shows pretty much all year long. And then on the biggest show of the year, you know, she doesn't have a, she doesn't even have a match. You couldn't, you couldn't find a match for her. Anything. I mean, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. It, it's so bizarre. It's very, very, very strange.
2: Um, I I think it's pretty obvious who I would be getting rid of. I, I don't really feel that bad to be honest with you. I'm not a huge Ric Flair fan. Um, in general, so really, she just doesn't do, I don't know what it is about her that I just cannot connect with. Um, love Sasha. Loved love that her and Bianca Belair are going to be the first black women to ever uh, go singles competition in <laughs> WrestleMania. That means a lot, even though I wish I could cut Bianca Belair's hair. I think that's really stupid and really... There's a whole stereotypical thing that I'm thinking of when, the, you know, that it's a whole thing, but I love the representation. <laughs> so oh. It's Great for them um bailey i did not connect with until she was uh the heel character so i really love her work there and uh again the man becky lynch thank god they they dropped the steampunk whatever disaster that was because it was clear that her in ring work was fantastic but she, she just couldn't carry it with that gimmick that was never going to work um and so that they in the three of their heel work i think for me is is much more enjoyable to see than Charlotte has ever been for me. So for me, Charlotte's got to go. I just, I just can't, I can't bring it in myself to keep her.
0: I mean, these, these are tough choices, you know, no matter who you pick. They certainly you know, are. They definitely they are a rough spot. So
1: I just noticed that you change spots.
0: Yeah, I, sorry I had to change spots because my I was I was running low on my battery power from my computer, so I had to switch to a place where I could plug my computer in.
2: was <laughs> I didn't
1: I didn't
0: see
2: it change. I just now realized that it it's happens, not the same anymore. As soon as we were starting, the one gotta go, his camera cut out and then he and I I saw it, I was like, Oh, what happened? Did he disappear? And then when I saw it, I was like, Oh, okay, that's that's why he he had to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just I, I saw I was running low on my, my battery and I was like, I gotta I gotta be able to plug in or we're we're gonna have a rough you know time. <laughs> I promise we're almost done. We're almost there.
2: Uh I got Not two. Rushing, don't worry. I think no, 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 I got
1: things to do. You better hurry up.
2: <laughs> You'll be all right, Jamie. Um I, I don't love this one. And so I think I'm gonna plug in a different red. I, I just feel like you can't get rid of Undertaker no matter who you put him up against. So I, I here all right, here it is. I'm gonna switch it up. Uh one gotta go. Shawn Michaels, The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Triple H. And we will not consider Triple H the uh, Uh, businessman and owner of WWE, you know, in in all of his administrative roles. We'll just stick with getting rid of him as a performer, as a superstar, and not because getting rid of him as a... uh, as a businessman would be tragic because you would lose pretty much everyone and everything. So we can't get rid of him and all he's done in that aspect, but we can talk about his, his in ring work. So Shawn Michaels, triple H, uh, the rock and stone cold, Steve Austin.
0: All right. Um, well, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. Um, I mean, look, I'm not getting rid of the rock. Um, you know, he extraordinary character work. Um, one of the best people that's ever been on the mic, arguably the best person who's ever been on the microphone. Um, uh, you can't get rid of stone cold. I mean, if you got rid of stone cold, you would be getting rid of essentially you'd be getting rid of the attitude Era because he, he's, he's not the person who kicks it off, but I mean, without him, it doesn't survive. Right. right. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, stone cold, completely safe. Uh, so now we're down to to um, you know Levesque and Hickenbottom, um, and and I mean I I love I love Sean you know um, even when he was apparently a terrible human being to be around in the 1990s, uh, damn entertained to watch though you know, um, uh, so I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time imagining my life having never seen a Shawn Michaels match when I imagine my life, having never seen a triple H match. I mean, look, the dude's been in a lot of great matches, but, Mm -hmm. um, maybe it's because of my age or maybe it's just because, you know, um, of of this particular style that I like better than one one over the other. Um, if I have to pick somebody, I'm 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 picking Paul Levesque and saying you know Triple H you gotta go. And I uh,
2: completely agree with you on everything you said, so I won't belabor the point triple H's gotta go for me too.
1: Well um <sighs>
0: Yeah, I was going to say Triple H, honestly. Uh, yeah. I feel like we put Triple H in an unwinnable
2: position here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. Well, the other person that they had in that was the Undertaker. and oh, okay. If you put the Undertaker in there...
1: I would have said Shawn Michaels.
2: I, I, mean, I mean, how do you get... You, because you're not picking him. You're not getting rid of the Undertaker. I don't think that anyone yeah. in their mind would do that. So then it just becomes too hard to get rid of one of those, and that really hurts. To, I mean, Shawn Michaels has had for Me, what arguably one of the best careers, I mean, even from his time, uh, with Margie Giannetti and the time when he's switching music them through the glass. I mean, that scene way back when, and him now, the only thing that really hurts getting rid of Triple H is getting rid of DX with Shawn Michaels because those two in that tag team was just absolutely tremendous. Um, maybe, you know, there's a million members of DX, but you know, when you think of D Generation X, you're not thinking of. Of China and X Pack and um, and uh, Road Ro Dog, you know, it, you're just you're just not as as good as they are and as great as each one of them were, and for who they were, you're just not you're not doing it. So was,
1: was X Pack really like that? See, I, I I don't think not, as single, really not
2: a single competitor.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm sure if you have uh, your friends, you know, and you because and you do like a tag team match you know, something going to go down good. It's just your friend. Or- yeah,
3: yeah I,
0: I always thought that, that Waltman was an underrated guy. Um, you know, I don't think he really got the credit he deserved. He had a he had some great matches with Eddie Guerrero in WCW. If you go back and watch some of the ladder matches that they had um, back then, I think you really get a taste for the, the level of the better that he could have been if he was allowed to kind of take the you know, take the shackles off and and, and do things his own way. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's a great, great wrestler. Um, just not really given as many opportunities. And I mean, you know, in a, in a world of really big guys, I mean, Sean Waltman was a small, small man. Like, I mean, he was like, if he was 190 pounds, yeah, and I, I think they, they, officially said he was like 202 or 201 or something but I mean that that guy was like 170 180 pounds I mean he was he was small mm-hmm. you know so it was tough
2: I, I always enjoyed using him in in the games but uh, other than that not really not really much of anything all right here's the last one this one gonna be interesting <laughs> um gotta go in the faces of Foley
0: oh okay mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah.
2: Nick, Nick Foley character are you getting rid of? Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, or Mankind? Yeah, yeah, okay. just
1: you can't get rid of Mankind. I feel like that's a definite, mankind like, thing. You just can't get rid of
2: him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if not just for you have the rock and sock connection. And then the moment, the, the 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 moment in WWE history that everyone probably knows and remembers when he is thrown off the top of Hell in Cell by the Undertaker. Those two moments, those two groupings alone are enough to keep him.
0: So I'm, I'm going to guess that for both of you, it may be a little bit easier to get rid of Cactus Jack because the, you know, although he did compete in as that character in the WWE, most of the Cactus Jack character was really in WCW. And, and it may be a little before your time. Um, You know, I I, I was around for the entirety of the Cactus Jack uh, situation, um, and and he was, you know, he was great. He was a a, a great character, and it's, this is one of those things that I think is really hard, even when you go back and watch something on the network, right, is it's hard to appreciate how controversial or, or how revolutionary something was in that historical moment, because you've seen so much now you're bringing all of that with you too when you watch it. But to have watched him do that character at that time was really, really groundbreaking. Um, I mean, for me, uh, I think I'd have to get rid of dude love. I mean, I, I, I appreciated what dude love was. And I, I appreciated that it made Mick Foley so damn happy (laughs) to do that character. Um, and he, he deserved that. And I, I loved Mick so much. I just, you know, I mean, Mick could have come out and said he wanted to be any character and I would have said, listen, you know, you, you earned it. Yeah. You do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you. Um, but if I have to get rid of one character, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to get rid of, um, I'm probably going to get rid of, of dude love. Um, you know, I, I would argue that you could keep cactus on the basis of the, the Vader feud, and the ECW work which really doesn't get enough credit um, if you've never watched his his ECW interview where he does the Kane Dewey speech the Kane Dewey interview is a must watch for every human being that enjoys wrestling
2: yeah, I'm, gonna have to... I'm looking it up right now I'm keeping it right there and I'll watch it <laughs> as soon as this is <laughs> right. Dewey is his son by the way mm. Chaney, I'm, gonna you go,
1: I'm gonna go ahead and watch that after also, but um, out of all of the Make Foley alters, or you know, um, I've definitely seen mankind. I've definitely seen Cactus Jack and then Make Fully. I've never really like watched uh Dude Love except when he came out three different times
2: uh, during that uh, Ray Rumble. Fantastic. Right. <laughs> that is great.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a fantastic moment.
2: <laughs> he gets
1: out, you know, goes, and then the music starts yeah. playing, and, you know, yeah. dude love goes.
2: and yeah. Love it.
1: Yeah. Um, would, I'm just going to get rid of – I would say dude love goodbye, just because I don't know. I'm, like I
2: haven't seen any of this. Dude love work. So – and I'm actually in the same boat. Um, I, I, Dude Love is the character that I know the least and that I've seen the least out of. And so it's pretty easy to get rid of Dude Love. Um, Mankind is one of my favorites. You know, Sako is, you know, that's a, it's a great character. It's what I think they what they tried to do with Eugene, although that was an unfortunate character also. Um but uh, they just didn't. <laughs> it's Janie, don't you dare! <laughs> Good old Santino. Um, I think I almost had another one that it just came up in my head, but I'll, I'll I'll save that for another day. Um, before we finish the episode, I think we would be uh doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't talk a little bit about uh, tonight's WrestleMania or both nights rather WrestleMania. Uh, so I will list. The matches of night one, which is tonight at 8 p.m., uh, and then we can decide who we're looking forward to the most and who we're looking forward to the least out of this set. That I already have my have my ideas, but tonight we have uh, the WWE championship match with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. We have Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. Um, Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon in the cage match so that Shane McMahon can take a bunch of stupid bumps that he doesn't need to do. Um uh, <laughs> Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. We have Sasha versus Bianca Belair. The New Day versus AJ and Omos, who is wasting my life away with that stupid character. And then it just might as well not even be there because I I will probably just turn this off. Um, The tag team turmoil match with Lana and Naomi, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, the Riot Squad, and Natalya and Tamina. For me, that's the easiest one to get rid of. Let, let's make it. Let's do it this way. Uh One gotta go. All of those matches, uh, and then talk about which one is your favorite. For me, easily, I would get rid of the tag team turmoil match. I just don't understand its purpose. What perfect. the hell is that? Is
1: that just a bunch of tag team partners? Just
2: in- a bunch of. It's a way of featuring all the women that don't have anything to do with the WWE. They're, they're not important to anything uh, in the storylines right now, and they just wanted to put women on the card, so they just. Against each other,
0: yeah. well, the, the winner of that match is going to then face um uh, uh Naya and Shayna Baszler for the, the tag titles on so Sunday. The, so that, the, that's the,
2: the, winner, the, of, the, the winner, winner of this, this will lose
0: tomorrow, is basically, oh, basically. basically
2: so it's going to mean nothing at the end of the day. <laughs>
0: yes, that, that, that is fair. Um, so I mean, I you know, I, I talked a little bit about this before we kind of got started. I mean, I the the build. To the the Braun Chain match is one of the laziest builds I've ever seen in my life. Agreed. I'm not saying it's the worst build I've ever seen in my life. It's the laziest. Um, you know, I just I feel like um, the they must have spent all of about five seconds coming up with this in the writers' room. Um, and I, uh, so I, I just have nothing invested in this match. I mean, look, um, you know, you're absolutely right in the fact that this is the only reason that this match is going on is so that Shane can get on the card and he can get his He's moment that he doesn't need to be doing. Yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I have no interest in the match. I mean, I don't necessarily know that it's going to turn out to literally be the worst match on the card, but it's the one that I, I care the least about. So I could, I could do without it. You yourself. One gotta go.
1: I'm actually interested in finding out what the heck that tag team terminal thing is going to be. So I just want to see. Shut up. I just (laughs) want to see. (laughs) I just want to, I just, I'm just interested in seeing what's going to happen. And, you know, if it gets boring, then I'm just, you know, easy. So I'm interested in that. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, um, I don't care for Shane. Honestly, I don't, I've never like I don't know. I, I kind of watched some of uh you know his matches and whatever, number one of you see him here and there. I think he was um I didn't think he was that important, so I don't i probably get that one. I don't care if that one can go. There you go. Easy. I do like Braun though.
2: But the storyline is really, really bad. I mean you're right. It took them probably all of about 30 seconds to, to come <laughs> up with that idea. I mean, to, to start with him calling him stupid, and even – I like Braun. I think he's done a lot of good work after the, the Wyatt family uh, that kind of dispersed, and he kind of came into his own as a competitor. But uh, the the train noises for the strongman, yeah. it's just – they're just doing yeah. some stuff. Like, I don't know what's
0: going on over there, but – That's something that's just started in the last few weeks. And when they started yeah. – the first time they did it, I honestly thought it was a mistake. I thought, like, someone yeah. in the back had hit a button incorrectly <laughs> – and I was like, oh, my God, you know, how how embarrassing that yeah. this, this has occurred. And then uh, when they did it two or three times, you know, I realized, oh, oh, no, this they think this is getting over. They think yeah. this is this is a yeah. thing. Um, it, uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. It, I, I I just. When when all you've got is I want you to go out there and call him stupid and then we'll have a match. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. If you're trying to build, you know, it's the beginning of a SmackDown or a Raw and you want to build to a match that's going to happen that night. Fine. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an okay build. For the biggest show of your entire year, that's what you have? I mean, you know, I, I just... I Maybe I'm just too old and cynical at this point, but I... Yeah, I, I you're I need- absolutely right. <laughs> what of uh, those...
2: The rest of the matches on night one. What is the most exciting one to you? Which one do you look
0: forward to the most? Um, I am looking forward to Bianca and and Sasha. I think they're going to put on a great great match. Um, I think they're both really really invested in mm-hmm. this match and seeing it go well. <clears throat> um, and I think it's going to be um, a kind of coming out party for um, for Bianca. You know, I mean, I, I think she I think she takes the belt um, tonight and um i mean and she deserves it you know i mean she's she's fantastic uh she's she was fantastic in nxt she's fantastic on on smackdown um you know when she when she was on um nxt with charlotte and she told her you don't go here you know i mean like i was immediately like well that that's a that's a damn t-shirt right there i mean you just made the t-shirt in the moment um I appreciate that they that they didn't
2: bring her up and just attach her as the manager of uh the prime time no not the prime time players that's um, that street was Darren, Darren Young the street profits because Montez Ford is her husband but thing I mean they let her be her own person and have an identity of her own which is fantastic so yeah Chaney I know you're most excited for uh the battle no.
1: let me let me speak <laughs> I speak for myself. Um so bad bun no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean I ain't excited for that, absolutely, but I I think I would say the uh, the Drew McIntyre one. I, I think I'm excited for that one because it was so it was so I, I hated the way that ended. They just you know he was getting his but walked, you know, pulled through one. exhausted tire. This man just comes out of nowhere, starts beating him up, and somebody gets it. Like the Miz, out of all people, the Miz
2: loses it the next the next night. So that was really frustrating to that take so, self away from Drew McIntyre, who was having a fantastic run to, to to give it to the Miz to lose the next night is again pretty poor writing. Even to throw Bobby Lashley into a feud uh-huh. with Drew McIntyre. Bobby Lash is not a super exciting performer to me, um, so I have a hard time. And for him to have the Master Lock as his, you know Chris Masters did it better. Um, so for well, him, to have yeah, him, it's
1: better. where the Master Lock came from. But
2: I mean, it's not really. But you know, he. Well, he really
1: it's really called a cool. Master Lock, all
2: Well, that's not what the actual name of the movie. The it doesn't
1: called. matter.
2: But Chris Masters certainly did it better. And oh, no, I, I connect with that move way more than I would, you know, as as the submission move that he uses now. Because I mean, he's a good okay. competitor. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they uh, could they could do better. You know, they they could give him something that's a little bit more exciting. Of course, the spear was his, and that, and that to me still is only exciting by a few people. So, yeah, I mean, um, Dominator Goldberg and, and Edge. The the match that I'm excited for is actually not a. Uh, championship match i'm really excited for seth rollins and cesaro uh, i hate seth rollins character the messiah character although he's doing a fantastic job with it i hate it um and cesaro is one of the most um underrated wrestlers to me and the only thing i can imagine i mean i'm sure that seth rollins needs this to push himself back into um championship contention but i feel like this could finally be the match that if Cesaro was able to win, if they give him the win to really push him right into main event contention, because I think he deserves it. I think he's proven, although I wish they would get rid of the swing, although it's a great gimmick and is funny to watch. Sometimes, you know, he can do so much better than that. Uh, if they gave him something to actually use his strength, you know, if they gave him the neutralizer back as his only, you know, something like that. But um I Think that those two in ring competitors are great workers and that they will have a fantastic match and probably will have one of the better nights of the show or matches of the show,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right.
1: Messiah was the one who fought Rey Mysterio for that was that
2: was either, the eye, right? Okay. Alistair Black took yeah. him out. Was I'm excited for Alistair Black. I hear he's he's on his way back, so maybe. Maybe he'll have an eye again. I don't know how they're going to work that. I mean, they just kind of dropped it with Rey Mysterio. His eyes are fine now, I think. They, they, yeah. Did they open up his mask again? I know they had closed the one eye. Yeah, they, they opened it back up. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, he's fine. So, you know, when they, they, they I, I feel just, so bad. They put it right. back in, you know, and it just works. I, I feel so bad for, for what they've done. <laughs> it. I feel like this time period right now, I mean, I get they're they're trying to help Dominic, who really doesn't excite me either, but He's such a legend in WWE, and all the things that he's done have been fantastic. That what they've done, that whole feud is just the dumbest thing in the world. They added the storyline with his daughter, and that really flopped. And they took that away with Murphy, and and all of this stuff that's happened with nothing is
0: stuck. And it's I look forward to Dominic's heel turn, though. You think it, you think it would be good? I I think that when he when he inevitably turns heel and he starts having matches with his dad, say, is that what it's going to be? You think? I, I, I'm pretty sure that's where this is going. Yeah, it's just a matter of time.
1: That's cool. Imagine growing up watching your dad being in WWE, and now you're just literally the I mean, there's
0: literally matches
2: of him like as a kid in the audience, and that, it's great. It's like LeBron with his dad. You know, when LeBron when when LeBron and Bronny finally. Go head to head, one on one. I
1: don't think I don't think LeBron's going to be there for that long,
2: bro. You got to imagine Bronny's what a, a junior. He's got to be close to a senior, and he's only going to go to to college for one year. That's all you need to get to. The if so, if
1: LeBron plays until forty three, like rings Carter, I think he'll play against Bronny.
2: I think they would. He will play at the
1: pace that he's going. He'll play till he's fifty.
2: So he's going to play till he's dead. So at this rate, because he's just the best at managing his body, and he's just he's great. So I, I just can't wait to see that. So what's up, Kyle? Thanks for coming.
3: <laughs>
2: and uh, all right, so that's night one. Now night two night tomorrow. Two. What? There's there, more. There, there's another night tomorrow. Yeah, about night
0: two. That's, that's he's
2: yeah. like, oh, I thought it was just night one. All right, so here's the, the card for night two. Again, we're going to do one got to go and what match we're looking forward to the most. Um, so here's the card we have uh, Roman Reigns, Edge, Daniel Bryan. We have the Defe- Fiend versus Randy Orton. We have Oscar versus Rhea Ripley. We have Biggie versus Apollo Cruz Riddle versus Sheamus. Sami Zayn with Logan Paul versus Kevin Owens. And then the tag team championship for the women. Just Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus whoever wins the tag team turmoil match.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I suppose I'm gonna have to take the tag team title match as the thing that I I would throw out. I mean, I just, you know, I, I feel like Shayna is is being um, wasted in all of this. Agreed. Um, she was so fantastic in NXT, and and now it's just sort of like. She's any other person, any <laughs> other woman on the roster, and, and she should be so much more than that. Um, so you know, the about the only thing that's going to save that match for me is if the other four horsewomen for Shayna uh come out during that match and they just destroy the entire ring, yeah, and and stand there and go, you know, this belongs to us now. Um, and that's not going to happen.
2: Maybe Bailey will do that, maybe Bailey will come out, and maybe that's
0: what they're saving her for doing maybe. something crazy, maybe so. Um, so that that's kind of my gotta go. Um, in terms of things I'm looking forward to most, um, I mean, I suppose it's the you know the Roman Edge, uh, Daniel Bryan match. Um, I, I think that's going to be a really, really great match. Uh, all three guys are are excellent. Um, Edge wants this really badly. Um, you know, Daniel's not going to allow the match to be bad, and and um. And like I said, I mean, the the quality of work that Roman is doing right now is really the best of his career to me.
3: <laughs> hey,
0: uh, I, yeah, I definitely think that giving Paul Heyman,
2: you know, letting Brock go and, and putting Paul Heyman with, with the Roman Reigns really revitalized him as a character. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Cheney, do you want to go or do you want me to go?
1: I can go, but I'm going to need you to read them again because I didn't hear a word you said.
2: So you've got – Roman, Red, Roman Reigns, Edge, Daniel Bryan, The Fiend versus Randy Orton, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley, Biggie versus Apollo Crews, uh, Riddle versus Sheamus, Sami Zayn uh, versus Kevin Owens, and the tag team match with Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler versus whoever wins tonight.
1: Um, I'll probably let, if I can think of the name, uh, the Oscar one. The, look, I love what they've done with, uh, or like how women's wrestling has evolved since like, you know, 2000s or whatever, what it used to be, which was not great, but I, I like it a lot. This, you know, this past couple of times that I've seen it and stuff like that, it's so much better. Um, but I just don't, I don't like, I just don't want to see Oscar. I don't care. I probably will just because it'll be playing, but. I'm not gonna pay attention, so
2: I'll let that one go. And your favorite match of the night?
1: I'll probably say uh Randy Orton and Fiend. Um but if it turns out into if it turns into another uh you know
2: like every single one of them play house or
1: whatever, then I'm not watching, you know.
2: Yeah. Everyone I like the fiend character a lot. I think that Bray Wyatt is an incredible outside of Husky Harris, that he's done nothing wrong as in the WWE. <laughs> Um, he's great in every character he plays, except for that one. Um, but I, every like, I want him to have an actual match. Just like one. he was
1: fighting John Cena, and it never every happened. I'm like, what is
2: this? He's just doing. It's something weird is happening. I want to add that I love Alexa Bliss, um, and she's doing fantastic work uh, right now. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I just want him to have an actual match and to do something because he's too talented to not be doing anything. It's just dumb. Yeah,
1: I need to see that uh, that kiss on the forehead.
2: The sister. Uh, I'm surprised actually that they left the sister Abigail with the new character. Although I suppose it is still Bray Wyatt, so I mean it makes he sense. Like, the
1: demon. Yeah. Uh, he still kept his. Uh, uh, the whatever.
2: Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I have a I have a lot of feelings about night two. There's a lot that I would get rid of from this night. Um, Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, of course. I'm not intrigued in that match at all. They're gonna have a great match because they're great competitors against each other. They have too much chemistry to have a bad match. So, but I don't care about it. Um, the night that what I would get rid of the match would be Riddle versus Sheamus. I I I like Matt Riddle. I don't know why they got rid of Matt. I don't know why that didn't connect and why they they dropped it. I hate when they just randomly drop someone's name. I think that's really dumb. Um, and Seamus is good, but I, I don't know. It just doesn't interest me. What I really want to get rid of, um, is the Nigerian gimmick of Apollo Cruz. Um, everything about that is annoying to me. It's so, it's just, just dumb. And, uh, he's a great, I love his work and his ability they just have to give him something that's, I mean, okay, maybe the Nigerian gimmick isn't awful, like with the colors and everything is great, but just get, like, let him be himself. He doesn't have to have an accent just because he's Nigerian. Plenty of people who are Nigerian don't have an accent and don't carry around a big-ass spear for no reason. It's just stupid. It, it just, it, it, I wish I could get rid of that.
0: It uh, feels like Kofi Kingston in reverse.
2: Yeah. I was just
1: about to say that. Which is
3: you another you one make of Kofi
2: Kingston? Yeah, yeah. Aren't you in Triple H? Aren't you supposed to be Jamaican? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like, you know, if he hadn't made that mistake, he'd still be carrying that accent around. You know, I mean, it was only because he made that mistake that one night that they were yeah. like, well, "We can't go back now." So that
2: that that part of that I can't stand. I just wish they would get rid of that. I think like they're gonna put on a good match because they're both good performers. Um, but um, yeah, I, I could get rid of that one. I could get rid of him, or I could get rid of the Riddle versus Sheamus. Either one, I'm fine with. I'm intrigued to see Asuka versus Rhea Ripley to see if they really do give Rhea the championship and give her a push. I feel like that would be good. I feel like the tag team turmoil will end in turmoil and that this might break up Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And we, we, I could see us getting a Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley um, match soon, which would be incredible. Um, I don't know. There's a lot that I would change. Not a lot I'm looking forward to tonight or on uh, tomorrow night. Um, of course the triple threat match is just so intriguing and seeing what happens and who will out will, will finally come out of that as the winner, but not a ton tomorrow night that I'm excited for, much more excited for tonight. So all right. Any final opinions? This has been a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of great stuff, and I feel like this needs about three more episodes to really crack into everything that we <laughs> we can. I have
1: so, one more opinion. Yes. I am also looking forward to the Roman Reign Edge and uh Daniel and O'Brien fight.
0: Yes. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I mean I would say if there's um, if there's one thing overall that I'm looking forward to on Mania more than anything else, it's seeing the live crowd. Um, you know, seeing a live crowd for the first time in over a year at uh, at an event. I think this is going to no matter how good or bad the in-ring product is on these two nights, this is going to be one of the hottest crowds that we've seen in a very, very oh, long time. Yeah. Uh, and that's gonna, that by itself is going to make this a really
2: enjoyable experience. Well, and the, the only downside is if one of these matches, you know, doesn't go over well, it's really not gonna go well because oh, they're,
0: they're gonna let you know
2: yeah 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 it is going to be atrocious because there's gonna be way too many people there who are really excited to see wrestling for the first time in forever and uh they will be sorely disappointed if one of these matches does not go the way they thought or or if it just ends up being a real stinker of a match they're they're gonna let them know
1: I <laughs> think do you think they're gonna do like uh like how they do with like NBA and like any other they do like that you know the six feet apart thing, and then like, oh, they're not they're, gonna be up close to the thing.
2: They're they're in Florida at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium. So Florida has no rules and hasn't the entire pandemic. So you're right, they're it doesn't right. really matter. They're just gonna all <laughs> be <your boy.
0: laughs> right. I think it's close to fifty thousand tickets they've sold for this thing. So I mean, you know, it's it's they're, gonna be huge.
1: there are gonna be a lot of people. you.
2: They're, they're gonna they're in a football stadium, so I mean, there's gonna be plenty of space to spread them out. But still, I'm excited
1: awesome. now that they have people there. Oh my god,
2: yeah, yeah, it's be so much better. All right, well, this has been great, Lowry. Thank you so much for being willing to join us and taking yeah. up a lot of your time. I know we've taken more than we intended, but thank you so much for being willing to come on the show. This has been fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been my pleasure, and uh, you know, be happy to come back some other time if you guys want to talk wrestling. All right. I'm excited. We'll definitely, we'll do that. Next, uh,
1: uh, next, probably next uh, big uh, main event, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll,
2: we'll fix something up. All right. Sounds well, good, guys. We will definitely be in touch. Hey, and that Pro-Am team, you know, we're still, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm scouting. I'm scouting. I'm just watching, Damn.
0: you know, so. Yeah, send, uh, send me your PlayStation info. info. Will do. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All
2: right, thank you so much. This has been another episode of Afro Latinos. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere digital podcast can be found. Um, check us out Tuesday nights for Hugim. I'm sorry, Tuesday nights for You Think You Know. Thursdays for Hugimos. Friday for Afro Latinos and Amigos, and of course the good old Saturday podcast Afro Latinos. This has been your co-host Alvin and Chandler. Have a good day, everybody, and Ruby. Bob the Joy.